Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, what's up? And welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Levens, Andrew Levens at that. My co-host's <laughs> name is Siobhan Coombs. Hello. And every week we read a rapidly increasing list of comic book issues and let you know which of the issues that are worth your time. And every comic book we talk about today can be picked up at King's Comics at 310 Pitt Street, um, Sydney, or at kingscomics.com. This week we read uh, a new series by Matt Kint, uh, Superman Got Naked in Space. Hell yeah. And uh, we also had the privilege of reading a Captain America comic that felt like it was written by a 200-year-old robot <laughs> who'd never read a comic before. Uh, but we're going to kick things off like we do every week by reviewing all of the brand new number one issues in our opening segment, First Things First. Uh, later on in the uh, in the episode, we're going to be reviewing the rest of the comics that came out this week. And Siobhan is going to let you know some cool info about Free Comic Book Day at King's and I guess Ooh, everywhere. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, super exciting. Comic Book Christmas. Yep, sure is. Is that what they call it in the biz? Um, I don't know. I feel like Nerd Christmas has come to mean so many things. Like, San Diego Comic Con is Nerd Christmas. Free Comic Book Day is Nerd Christmas. Or it's Christmas. like, yeah, a new episode of, like, you know... Daredevil. Yeah. Nerd Christmas. <laughs> Yay. We have a lot of Christmases. Uh, but yeah, Free Comic Book Day is uh, is coming up rapidly fast, so we'll yeah, be giving absolutely. you some very important details later on in the show. Uh, let's go. First things first, uh, we had less number ones than last week, but still a, 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 a pretty good amount yeah, of them. pretty significant amount. Um, we're going to kick things off with a, a one-shot, not really a first issue, but uh, probably the comic that I was most excited to read this week. Um, one of my favorite series uh, is Criminal by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, uh, and they've written... I feel like uh, th- th- there are about four or five, I've got them up on my shelf just there, um, six, six different trades worth of, uh, of criminal stories. And what they are, like they're, they're vaguely related. Um, a few of them are completely separate, but it's this ongoing uh, kind of crime tragedy. Um, mm. Just meet all these tragic figures that are all tied together through, you know, either parents in crime or they're criminals themselves and, um, so there are a few, I guess, anthologies of these stories that um, that have been collected so far. They haven't put out a criminal edition since an amazing uh, parody they did of Archie. Oh, what? Which How you I would never love. Read it? Yeah, I, know, I, I, might, I might send you home with it actually because <laughs> yeah, you can you. read that on it on its own. Um, they uh, since since putting out that collection, they haven't really uh, done a new a new story, but they, we have gotten two specials: one last year, and then uh, we got one this year too. Um, so this is the criminal tenth anniversary special, colored by Elizabeth Brettweiser. 
and uh, it was uh, just an unbelievable... Such a good standalone issue and i haven't read any of the criminal books which is very weird because i love ed brubaker and sean phillips um but yeah like i loved being able to just pick this up and enjoy the story from start to finish without like any confusion about what was going on who anyone was and it was really brilliant really brilliant issue yeah so the there are characters in this story that uh, have appeared in criminal um stories before but it's not important yeah um uh, the la- this this special and the special before it used a motif that they haven't done b- beforehand of uh, having the characters within it read an old comic book. Um, and I loved that. I loved the um, so the main story is interspersed with this awesome sort of seventies style kung fu story yeah, about like a, a werewolf, kung fu werewolf, which feels very like seventies Marvel, which is really who's, really good fun. Like who's really in love excellent. with his best friend's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so yeah, you cut kind of from from a very like you know real, you know Sean Phillips is my favorite comic book artist, and just he does draw creepy children though. Yeah, like he's one of those guys. Like I feel like Gary Frank has the same thing that when they they're amazing, but then when they draw little kids, there's something slightly off. Like that little girl, <laughs> yeah, 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 a little bit weird. Um, so we get this, uh, you know, it's set in the seventies. You get this uh, tragic story of uh, the the son of a. Uh, of a criminal. Can I ask something? Because I may have misinterpreted this, but I thought in that they were sort of um, alluding to the fact that it was actually a little girl and that she'd cut her hair short to, I mean, maybe, maybe I misread that completely. And that's something that I did not, I I made up in my head, but I thought that that was, that was a thing. He's definitely a boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where where did you get alluded to that? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to reread it and see where (laughs) I, where I thought that was from. Um, Yeah. So uh, he, he, is given a comic that his dad steals from a, a service station attendant. And um, the comic is this, yeah, this goofy Kung Fu thing. And he, and he, tr- he wants to find more. So, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's grim when you read, an, I mean, pretty much all of Ed Brubaker's comics are grim yeah. in that you know that, you know, nothing good is going to happen to this main, the main characters. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is on, on the big scale of things, like some truly horrible things happen in this book, but in the big scale of things, this is actually like a, a nice introduction to the criminal universe. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't as bleak as you could have expected. Yeah. And I I love that, like, you know, while his dad, you don't really see the crimes being committed for the Mm. most part. It's, it's all about what, what his son does when his, his dad leaves him for three days to go sort something out Mm. for his, uh, for his boss. And uh, he, he's, the kid tries to find other issues of this comic that he's been given and uh, has, meets a little girl and, you know, has to, for the first time ever, has a friend and realizes that, you know, he has to say goodbye to, he can't, you know, he has to be a ghost basically mm. or else he could affect his dad's work and anyone that affects his dad's work ends up in a grave. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was reasonably grim, but um, yeah, really lovely, really beautiful story. And it was also cool because they released two different editions. Yes. They released a, um oversized magazine format, which I always love. Yeah. they. I, I, I was so bummed because when they did the last special, I missed it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I got, I got this one and it's yeah, such nice. a great way to read it. It just looks it. so, so incredible. Um, off the bat, if you are interested in crime comics or you never read one and you want to read a really great one straight away, pick up this issue if you see it. It's um, it's an oversized issue. It's a little bit more expensive than a regular comic, but it, you just breeze through it. It's an incredible, you know, yeah. uh, just just a great story. And, and it's hard to find as like just 
really good standalone single issue comic book to like just go into a comic book store and not knowing anything and just go like yep that's something I can pick up and really enjoy so if if you're new to comics it's a really cool cool single issue to have in your collection yeah a great gift for someone too that isn't might not necessarily be into comics yet yeah absolutely a really great bridge to uh, mm. both comics and the work of Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips who are just the best every, every time they do anything it's worth reading yeah absolutely um, let's move on to uh, a little like he's, he's like a sleeper um, hit this guy mm. Matt Kent um, a, a writer who's done a, a few creator owned projects at Dark Horse um, he's also written a bunch of Marvel comics over the years some DC stuff as well yep. um, but he you know hasn't really had much mainstream success yet no I mean he's got um, he has real sort of like people if you love his comics you like love his comics and mm. so people rave about mind management which is his longest running series for dark horse which i think is finished now that's right finished last year but people people are obsessed with that i haven't read it and i probably know him most through his superhero work but he's definitely a really interesting writer artist yeah um, he's very similar to jeff lemire in that they have like very absolutely. rough rough style of uh of of cartooning mm. when they draw their own comics but it's you know once you read one issue you're hooked to their style and mm. in fact he uh, matt can actually feel in for uh, a few issues of Jeff Lemire's long-running Vertigo title, Sweet Tooth. Oh, he did He too. drew some issues of that. Um, mind Management was a very high-concept, um, incredible kind of spanning over generations, a long, long tail of, uh, you know, secret organizations and stuff mm. like that. Uh, this is a much more grounded book. It's called Department H or D-E-P-T dot H. Um, and, uh, he loves a truncated title. He does. <laughs> um, and it's... Uh, He's written and drawn it, but then the art has been painted by his wife, Charlene Kent. Which is beautiful, and I have to say. Yeah, because he does a lot of watercolor work, and apparently his wife, Charlene, taught him how to do, do watercoloring, which is why this is like a next-level next beautiful... And just the, even the paper that this is printed on is just, just incredible. It's a really... Yeah. A lot of care has gone into this book, and you know, it's just so great that you have publishers that allow a, a book to be this beautiful. Mm. Um, Especially single issues. I mean, when so many publishers seem to, you know, be really not putting money behind the single issue and really pushing trade paperback format, it's really nice to get like a really beautifully put together single. I think. Yeah, like uh, the Marvel covers at the moment are like <sighs> as thin as toilet paper. Yeah, absolutely. And you could probably use them. No, I, oh, I, I would no, no, that's, no, that's a terrible that's thing. It's the worst thing you've ever said. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Department H is a is a, a murder mystery set. Um, it's about a, a a woman who goes um, to a, a laboratory un, under the sea mm. that her father has been working on for all all of her life, and uh, he has been murdered. Uh, and the murder scene is intact; it's just completely filled with water. Um, so she goes down there. You meet the cast, kind of sets up the story, and then the last, you know, she she sees sees her father's body. And um, she's gone down there to solve the, mur- the murder, basically. And the last page is uh, all of the characters and kind of almost like a, uh, uh, what, was it? what was it, Cluedo? Yeah. Where it kind of t- tells you all the names and, you know, their, 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 their backgrounds or like, you know, just like a little one-liner about what they do and that they're all the suspects and she's going to find out who it is. Yeah, I really love that they set this up. Like even early on in the issue, someone says like, this is a locked room mystery. You can't, like the murderer is down there. There's no like, there's no positive result for this, and I like that they set this up early on as like, this is what we're doing. This is a straightforward, yeah. locked room murder mystery. You can look for clues, you can follow it with us, but like, there is going to be a satisfying ending to this. Absolutely, and um, so this comic is going to every issue is going to follow one day, um, of this character's life trying to fi- figure out the, the the who murdered her father, um, 
Matt Kent is incredible at uh, characters as well as big, big sprawling stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to uh, there being some, you know, pretty emotional moments in this story, obviously. Absolutely. And he also always does something interesting in terms of like the page layout or something like that. Like he finds new and interesting ways to tell stories um, in the format. And I like up the side of each page, there's sort of... Um, a measure of how deep she's going in the water and you kind of have to assume that at the moment it's only very shallow you sort of have to assume that in the end it's gonna things are gonna get deep absolutely yeah I'm, i'm i'm very excited about this book it was a stunning first issue in that it kind of you know just kind of sets the scene doesn't do anything too crazy yeah it's just like really really not well reserved it's about it's just setting up a really amazing story absolutely um Let's move from two fantastic number ones to the like. Uh, this is definitely worse than Harley Quinn and a game yeah, of Harley. No, but I think it knows it's bad. And so, also, I mean, this is really comics that are based or comic. It it is a it is sad, but comics that are sort of based on or involved in or like prequels or sequels to established films in the like Marvel or DC universe are almost always like fairly trash. Yeah. So in the lead up to every, obviously you've got um, Captain America three civil war coming out uh, this week, actually Mm. Um, very excited about it. But in a lead up to all of their movies, Marvel will always put out a comic book that is kind of like almost like a little primer set up to, to their movies and it's set in the movie universe and uh they're always just absolute shit mm-hmm. um and this did not uh did not decide to, to, to stray from that path no. um, <laughs> this was this was pretty pretty shit uh so you basically um if you remember at the end of age of ultron they've got new avengers now so captain america and scarlet witch lead, sorry black widow lead a team of scarlet witch um the falcon the vision and war machine and uh, they Cap is not sure if they're ready to to do proper Avengery stuff yet, but then they get a chance to work together as a team and assemble to take down someone that has uh, basically used all of the Ultron sentries to make a big metal. So, so like I mean, giant. like very boring. Really, really boring. boring. <laughs> no good character moments. The the dialogue is not like the movie versions or like the comic book yeah, versions. Yeah, I think that's probably the most exceptional thing about this comic is that, like, in terms of physical representation, tone of voice, anything, it in no way reflects the movie or film versions of the characters in any sense. Yeah. Uh, to give you an example of this, here is the, the inside of Steve's mind. This is how the comic book closes. This thing may have been formidable, but now it's just another piece of Ultron trash that's being cleaned up. We were able to contain the damage, which is the most important thing. As far as the new new Avengers, I can rest assured that this team is truly greater than the sum of its parts. The end. Wrapped up nicely. Good job, Cap. Yeah. The only thing that I think is um, the thing that I enjoyed in this issue is there's one page um, drawn by someone DeVito. I don't even know who that is. Danny DeVito, we have to assume. Um, of the Andrea, vision. Andrea the vision. Phasing out of a building to to chase a butterfly. <laughs> I didn't to chase notice a butterfly that. with his hand. He's trying to touch the butterfly. Well, but the thing I find most interesting is that she seems to have drawn the vision with a distinct package. Oh wow! Well, now, that's something that I really hope that they cover in Civil War. Well, no, or not cover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, did Tony Stark? Is he that arrogant that he's like, no, my robot, my robot needs to have a penis? Yeah, yeah I he's, hope so. he's well endowed. And I fuck. hope that they, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I hope that they cover that. And his relationship with Scarlet. Captain America 1, Road to War. Do not get it. Don't get it. Don't do it. It's fine. Real bummer. Yeah. Um, I'll move on to another bummer. This one uh, is uh, 
Boom Studios. I got very excited because uh, obviously Boom Studios put out our favorite number one of last week, Gold Events. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really like Marcus Two, Two, Toe, um, who did the art on this one. This one, the book is called Joyride, uh, written by Jackson Lanzig, Lanzig and Colin Kelly. Kelly. Um, and it is a uh, like a teenage space adventure comic uh, that it's a it's a four part series, a little mini series, and uh, it is you know it's a cute story, but with infuriatingly bad dialogue, oh, um, right? And just like kids, not sounding like kids at all, which really pulls you out. Whenever a writer tries to write young people, and it just sounds like. Just, An old person trying to write young people. Exactly. It, nothing pulls you away from a story. And See, that's when what Kieran Gillen does for me. That's why I really didn't enjoy their Young Avengers run, because I just thought it was so like, mm, tweet me about it. Right. You know? <laughs> Put it on Tumblr. <laughs> um, but I think that this is very much aimed at that kind of audience. So if you really liked Young Avengers or if you really liked Runaways, it could be worth checking out. But I don't think it's like breaking any new ground. The characters are really cool. It's set in like future Earth um, and there are so many they don't use coins they use bits like and it's like really really lame you know words to replace other words at one point they're like oh bits are like blobs to them like that's pretty much (laughs) a line of dialogue just so lazy um (laughs) but the art's fantastic um you've got two kids um trying to escape this uh their their boring mundane future life they want to go exploring other planets so um they uh try to uh, like basically like escape using a, a pod from the, I don't know, the government space program. And then they're followed by someone who's a similar age to them, another girl who, who works for the, for the program. And she wants to bring them back in, but they, they want to continue adventuring and an adventure begins. Uh, it, it gets a lot better as, as the, as the story continues. So I did, I wasn't happy that I slugged through it and I'll probably read number two, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but not an incredible first issue. N- not a great start to Joyride on Boom. Um, one that I picked up um, also by Matt Kint, um, which was an excellent first issue, I thought, um, is Divinity 2, issue one. So this is written, as I said, by Matt Kint with art by Trevor Hairsin. And this, Hairsin. Is out, this is out on Valiant Comics, who we uh, sung the praises of last week on, yeah. the, on, the, on the show. And uh, I wanted to pick this one up a bit because it is called Divinity 2, right? Yeah. It's a sequel to an event they did last year. Yeah, and which I didn't read. So I was like, will I understand what's going on? Um, and so basically the concept behind Divinity was that during the height of the Cold War, the Soviet Union sent three cosmonauts into space. They land on like some crazy tripped out planet and one of the spacemen takes his helmet off and breathes in these alien spores or something and becomes divinity and he comes back down to Earth. Now, I didn't read that. Apparently, it gives him the unknown changed him and gave him the ability to bend matter, space and even time to his will. So now we're like, okay, that was a cool story, but what happened to the other cosmonauts? And so now you get the backstory behind the female cosmonaut whose name is Mishka, or she's called Mishka, which means little mouse. Mm-hmm. And she is a one, homeless... One of five names that a female Russian character yep. is called. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> What's a Russian name? That'll do. Um, oh, her name is Valentina Volkov, sorry. All so right. she's the first woman in space. And so she gets out on... Um, the story starts off with her homeless on the streets, cold, cold streets of Russia, and she's picked up by a scientist as she's about to start eating a dead rat. And he's like, oh, you're so tough. Come with me, and starts training her up to be a space person. And she's very, like, she's much more committed to the Soviet dream and to Russia than the other 
than divinity apparently so it sort of tells her backstory and then she takes off her helmet as well and gains the powers and as she's coming back to earth um she sees the collapse of the soviet union and becomes increasingly distressed and so as she when she lands she goes straight to putin's office to be like what can i do and it's really funny because Putin's like, we've been waiting for you. Thank you for your help. Like, that's the last page. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. It really looks like Putin. Yeah, it really. It's a great likeness for Putin. Um, really excellent first issue. I really enjoyed it. I think that it's a really compelling story. I love that even though I haven't read Divinity 1, you can um, still jump in and pick this up. I think it's a great first issue. And I think it puts you in the middle of a universe that's really interesting. Amazing. So I would really highly recommend that. Yeah, sick. Great. If you're looking for a way into the Valiant universe, Divinity 2, issue 1. Two big hits for Matt Kent this week. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about two hits to two shits. Uh, <laughs> these are two books that I will not be reading any further issues of. Uh, the first of which is The Twilight Zone, The Shadow, the coming together of, oh, uh, of two properties that I've never cared about before. So why would I care about them together? Um, look, I'm, this is not, not necessarily bad. It was, but it's also <laughs> very much not for me. So uh, even though the, there was an incredible Francesco Francavia cover on not just this he book. He always sucks you in. Yeah, the next book I'm about to complain about as well. He did, he did, he did cover art on both of these books. Um, so tricky, Francavia. Yeah. I, when I, will I, you go I, back to doing interiors? <laughs> I know, right? Gosh. Yeah. Bring, give us another Afterlife with Archie already. Yeah, for Pete's sakes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the book uh, did, not, did not get me at all. So it's just a basic crossover between the sort of pulp character, the shadow, and the Twilight Zone. Well, TV it's the twi- that he enters the Twilight Zone, and uh, so that okay. he, he's face to face with his alter ego. Um, so the shadow exists as its own person, and uh, it's is this a dynamite? Comic? Yes, dynamite. Right. Yeah. So dynamite do a lot of these kind of uh, pre-owned properties, and then they cross over into each other's universes. And whoa, what's crazy? They're going to make money somehow. They're going to make money. Absolutely. Um, Aftershock is a uh, fairly, fairly recent new um, comic book publisher. Um, we talked about one of their uh, books last week, which was called, what was the heist comic we read? Oh, Jackpot. Jackpot, which I quite liked. Um, so I was hopeful about this one because they've been putting a lot of, uh, they publicized in this one pretty heavily. Um, it was only $1.99 American as well too. So they really, oh. you know, trying to make it get, get in as many, many hands as possible. Uh, written by Guy Major and Marshall Dillon. This uh, one is called B.E.K., The Black-Eyed Kids. Have uh, you ever seen like Children of the Damned? No, but the- I understand the basic concept of evil children. So, yeah, this is like evil teens in, in the now. Uh, it was a real boring comic that just kind of <laughs> ended. And I was just like, well, that was it? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Kids are evil. People die. Boring. If you love evil kids... Pick it up. If you love Frank, Frank, uh, Francesco Francavia cover art and then a boring story afterwards, pick up Black Eyed Kids number <laughs> one. Uh, let's move on to uh, some more awesome issues. Um, there was a lot of comics come out this week. There's a lot of comics this week. Um, so let's uh, look. Obviously, as we do every week, we've got a massive chunk of Marvel stuff, but maybe we'll try and focus on the non Marvel properties first. Uh, I want to kick off with uh, the only DC book I read this week, but it happened to be a fantastic book. In fact, I uh, caught up in this entire season, uh, mini-series, um, six issues of which only have come out so far, and the six came out this week. Uh, Superman American Alien by Max Landis and uh, different artists on each issue. Um, we've spoken about it in the past in pretty much every conversation about Superman. Someone will bring up um, Frank Quietly and Matt Morris, Mark Morrison's... Grant Morrison's. Morrison's. <laughs> Mark Morrison did Return of the Mac. <laughs> um 
Someone will always bring up All Star Superman by then. Yeah. It's like you know, there's like you know, ultimate Superman story, and where that is like you know the the go to story for the end of Superman's life. I feel like this book, Superman: American Alien, is going to become the go to story for the beginning of Superman's life. Ooh, big call! But it's not an origin story. It's these little spotlight. Every issue is a different spotlight with a different artist on. Uh, a point in, in Clark Kent, Superman, he's actually hasn't really become Superman yet in some of these issues. Mm. So it's a point in Clark Kent's life where, you know, just a little story, a little glimpse of where he's at at the time. You know, he starts off obviously in Smallville and the first few issues are him coming to terms with his powers as a kid. And then you kind of see him as a teenager. At one point he drunkenly impersonates Bruce Wayne at a party for him on a boat, you know, which is a really fantastic issue. Um, this one, this time he is, uh, he's become Superman. And uh, Metropolis is uh, is very aware of uh, of Superman's uh, you know his deeds. He's starting to become quite famous, and his uh, his logo is starting to go up everywhere. Uh, and, and obviously, Metropolis has coined the name Superman for him. But he gets a visit from uh, two two of his uh, friends from Smallville, uh, Pete Ross and someone else, Kenny. Kenny, you know Superman's best friend, Kenny. Uh, and uh, look, it's a very emotional story about, um, you know, even though he, their friend has superpowers, they grew up with, with Clark and they worry about him whenever they see him on the news. Because, yeah, they, they, they both know that Clark Kent is Superman. Mm. Um, and uh, even though, you know, he's, he's seemingly unstoppable, they still see him on the news every night and they worry about him. At one point they say it's like having a friend that's always at war mm. in the army. Um, yeah, uh, and then it, you know it's a just a great little story that um, uh, sees then sees Clark Kent kind of leave an argument with him and fly into space to figure out where I guess to kind of you know figure out where he's come from. Mm. Obviously, it's the thing that's you know in the back of his mind all the time, and he flies into space. And a little spoiler: he gets meet uh, he after he flies into space and kind of loses the ability to, to breathe. I guess um, uh, he then uh, he meets Urban Sir from uh, the Green Lantern universe. He famously is the, the alien who gave Hal Jordan his uh, his powers. And Tomare, the one with a head like a chicken. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> Great Lantern. Um, and uh, they they help him. Well, they don't they, they they don't do it intentionally, but he he learns about where he's from through these guys. It's just a really fun story. They have really fun story. It's a very it is a very different take on the Clark Kent character Definitely. than I've ever seen before. It's a much more uh, young, arrogant, relatable, I suppose, Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like a normal a normal young man growing up, figuring out what to do with these powers, new in the big city, and his dorky friends come to visit from out of town. They don't understand. It looks like Jimmy Olsen is now black and potentially gay. At least I feel very, like that was being implied. Very creative and arty. Yes. And very in touch with his inner, inner self. So, yes. Yeah, it's yes. good. But it's a, po- a very positive spin on Jimmy Olsen, especially no, after the last Jimmy Olsen I saw uh, died yeah. in Batman <laughs> v Superman uh, with very, very few lines of dialogue. <laughs> I do. I have. I really am enjoying this series. There is there's something that I don't quite know. And I have a, I have a horrible feeling it's because I dislike the author Max Landis. Max Landis, yeah. Well, he's he's, he's a known douchebag. Yeah, he is a well-known comics douchebag. Um, and he, it's very hard sometimes to disconnect how good this book is from how irritating I find him. 
He recently said in an interview that he was Larval stage Grant Morrison, which just really annoyed me. Yeah, just makes me not want to read anything he's ever written. But this is really good. Wait, he said he said he was Marvel stage Grant. No, Morrison? Larval. Larval, as in oh, like, ah, right. he's the like he is just as good as Grant Morrison. He's going to be just as good as Grant Morrison in a couple of years. He probably just said that to make Gerard Way cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't um, seem like it'd be hard to do. The the one weirdest moment, I think, is uh, in that aforementioned really great uh, issue where um, Clark pretends to be Bruce Wayne and gets drunk. Mm. Uh, does he sleep with Barbara? Um, Ooh, you know what? I think that was the issue that I missed, and I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah, but it's implied that he and Lois are in an open relationship. Yeah, that's right. At the moment. Um, so. But so on this issue where he um, it, it pretends to be... Mm. Uh, pretends to be Bruce Wayne, um, which is a really, really fun, fun issue. Um, at one point he meets a redhead girl and they hit it off and it's revealed that her name is Barbara and not right. nothing more than that. And at one point he calls her Barbs, but they end mm. up, they end up sleeping together. Well, you have to assume so. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. Uh, what I, what yeah. do you think about a world where Superman is slept with Batgirl? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're such different generations that I'm a little bit yeah. uncomfortable I mean, with. I it. think this this exists in its own universe. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, look, there, there are a few awkward moments, but I think overall this is just a really really fun comic. And um, I think maybe that's my issue with it is that it's such a male comic book, and that's not uh, like yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, a yeah. real. Um, I mean, it should be. You know, it's about a young young male Superman. Um, but there's just something. F- I don't know. There's no. There's not really any female characters in it that I've seen so far that I've been like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And it just seems a little bit not for me in some kind of weird, indefinable sure. way. I can totally understand that. Um, yeah. Well, this, this has been the issue has been drawn by Jonathan Case at the very which least, which is beautiful, beautiful, every, beautiful. Every art. issue of this has has been incredible art by different different artists and some of the best artists working at DC at the yeah, moment. Yeah, absolutely. So. I would love to see Jonathan Case on a full regular Superman. Yeah, because he does a square jawed Clark Kent mm, the way I like favorite. it, <laughs> and it, it, it again ties to a, a. This is like the mark of any great DC artist. If they, it's almost like a mix of like Kieran Gillen and um not and uh, not so not Kieran Gillen is it, yeah Kieran Gillen and um it's got sort of Chris Samney kind of vibe yeah, exactly I thought exactly like what I from his Chris kind Samney of from, from, yeah, um, Adventures well, of Superman yeah work. absolutely yeah yeah loved it mm. real good um onto a DC book which is definitely. Definitely for girls. Um, I read the last issue of Batgirl this week. Uh-huh. So wrapping up, I assume it's the last issue. Written by a dude, though. Written by a dude, written by a dude, but a very female-oriented book. So written by... I say, but a very female dude. <laughs> well, um, he seems in touch with his side. Um, so it's the final issue of the Stuart Fletcher Tar um, Batgirl run, and it's just kind of a bit of a wrap-up. You know, like, they finally got the, the big bad, has revealed his plan... To Barbara, and it's all very. He thought he deleted her memories, but she was ahead of him, so she still has her memories and that kind of stuff. Um, and so she brings all of the the Bat Women together. So Black Canary, spoiler, Bluebird, and her operator. I think they're calling her now. They were. I thought they were going to make her Oracle, but now she's operator. And it's basically them going around Burnside trying to take down this guy who has been messing with Batgirl's life. Um, and it was a really nice, it was a really nice ending to the run. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because at the end of it, they set it up like, oh, now we've got, um, you know, Barbara's got her new company set up. She's like a tech CEO, which seems to be the cool new thing in superhero comic books. Where did she get 
the capital to start that. I mean, wait, my, wait, dad's wait, a, my dad's a cop, for <laughs> Christ's sakes. Um, but so in her new, in her brand new Gotham Energy Company, Underground is the new bat, bat girl lair. Um, and so it's implied that like now she's all set up and the team's ready to go. But the next Batgirl story arc sees her traveling around Asia, discovering herself. So it's always a little bit sort of, um, can be a little bit confusing, I think, for most, for fans. Like, this feels like both the end and the start of something, but we know that the next start is going to be something completely different. It's not actually the last issue of this uh, one either. There's a 51 coming out uh, in which uh, Barbara Gordon is at a crossroads in her life. Will New Horizons beckon her away from her home in Burnside? Oh, well, there we go. I guess we'll find out why she decides to leave then. The thing that was fun is that they sort of set this issue up as a bit of a, um, like, almost like a video game. And so all of the different teams, all the different bat girls have to go around taking down the various um, rogue, like Batgirl's rogues gallery, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's a nice cool page where it's like, Corporal Punishment versus Operator. <laughs> and that was quite fun. So I did enjoy it. It was a good fun issue. And I look forward to reading the actual last issue uh, soon. And also their, um, the creative team's new book at Image. Mm, I'll definitely be picking that up. That looks really cool. Uh, if you want to hear more about it, listen to our spotlight on the new image books from episode three mm. or two, maybe three, three with the drunk one. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about uh, a Warren Ellis book, um, the James Bond series, Varga. This has been sold out almost every single time I've gone to buy it. Because so I'm very fantastic. interested to hear about it. It's insane how good this James Bond comic book is. Warren Ellis, I think, is just, like, hitting it out of the park really consistently. We're getting four Warren Ellis books a month at the moment. Or, I mean, on and off with his image books. Mm. Um, but he's got this uh, James Bond book with um, Ian Masters on art. Um, he's also got Karnak, which we'll be talking about later at mm-hmm. Marvel. And he's got two image books. Um, Trees, which is really, really great and strange. But, um, uh, I mean, it's coming out sporadically at the moment, but it's a very cool book but the best of what he's putting out at the moment is Injection a new a new issue of that comes out next week so I'll talk at length about that but that's with Declan Shalvey who he did Moon Knight with last year um, but yeah it's just wild that we're getting this much Warren Ellis yeah. and for it to be of this because he's he, I've, I've written a stack of shit Warren Ellis books in the mm. past um, but everything's really consistently good at the moment this is especially the James Bond though. Mm. I can't I, it, it shouldn't be this good I mean it's, it's awesome that it is and all comics should be good mm. but it's just you know it, for a it, it's a dynamite property so you know they've got the James Bond license and as we said earlier like you know all of their licensed properties aren't that great yeah this is just done with such care the art's great the action is brutal like it's it's and and James Bond swears and smokes and and is you know quite rude and he's not really necessarily portrayed as a good person sometimes mm. and and the job, his job is is not portrayed as like, you know, that cool either. Like it's it's brutal and he has to do some horrible things. And I feel like the movies don't really explore that part of James Bond. I mean, so I, you know, I, I haven't sat through any of the last four Bond movies or whatever, <laughs> but I've seen plenty of ones before that. But, you know, this is just like a, just a classic Bond tale and, and, and but, uh, you know, very gritty, and, but not in a forced way. It makes sense. You know, of course he would get in situations where he has to shoot his way out. And when you shoot people, it's not, you know, they don't, they don't fall over and that's the end. Like, you know, it, it's it's pretty awful. And this comic, you know, doesn't hold back. It's it, it can be quite confronting at times. And that might not be what you expect from a big Hollywood James Bond movie, but it's certainly what you're getting 
for these, and I think that's what the I've never read any of the James Bond novels, but I think they were a, a lot colder than the um, than the movies are, mm. obviously, because that's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't sing the praises of James Bond Varga um, highly enough. This is this is the sixth issue of it. Um, it wrapped up the story really well, <clears throat> and um, was maybe the coldest one so far. Um, like you don't envy James Bond at any point. Like mm. he gets shot a bunch of times and has to kill so many people and. Um, but then there's also like this brilliant dynamic between him and everyone else that, um, that he works for. It's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like an office drama, oh, you know, wow. like, like that, that Archer has, you know, taught the spy agency kind of, uh, pol- office politics. <laughs> it's, you, you kind of get shades of that in this as well. Um, and then there's still, there's some great jokes in, in, in it as well. So this, 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 the first part of this Varga just wrapped up. So, um, your a trade will be coming out really soon. And if you like action stories or James Bond Please get it because it's fantastic. Uh, the next, the next uh, one starts. Uh, ne- I think next month. It's called um, Eidolon, E I D O L O N, and that's. Uh, Will Ella still be writing that? Yeah, and oh, wow. sa- same creative team. So Ian Masters, awesome. who I can't sing the praises of highly enough. Like he does a just a great work on this issue, and especially like you know how some some um, cartoonists just the the way that they the way that some of them can't pace an action scene very well. The pacing yeah. in this is impeccable. Like, and I, maybe, you know, that's, that's Warren Ellis and he's, he does a really great description job of what needs to be drawn. But Air Masters does a fantastic job of, of portraying, like, you know, it's a lot of set pieces. There are, there are lots of pages without dialogue at all. So it's entirely on him to, you know, explain what James Bond is doing and, you know, the, the, the tough situations that he's getting in. And, and he does it every time. Really, really great. Yeah. Awesome. I'll definitely be checking that one out in trade. Uh, and finally, another image book, sorry, the first image book of, of today um, is uh, the 25th issue of East of West, uh, Jonathan Hickman and Nick Tregotta's long, um, like a sci-fi Western epic. Uh, this is one of the strangest books to to kind of recommend to anyone unless they are prepared to read it from the very beginning and also reread issues every now and then as well because it, it does get quite hard to follow month to month. But um, this is just a little short little review. Um, I'm, you know, it's still a really great story. Like I, I, a new issue comes out, and I'm never like, oh, great, a new East to West. Mm. It's always like towards the bottom of my pile, but it's always good. Um, I think that um, Hickman is definitely one of those writers who works much better in the sort of graphic novel format. So East of West, I did. I read the first couple of issues, and then I dropped because it just doesn't seem like a good one to read monthly. But when it's all done and I can sit there and read it all in one go and get a proper idea of what Hickman's trying to say, then I think it'll be a really worthwhile read. And the art is really, really lovely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just said how great it is to get four Warren Ellis books regularly. Mm. And it's strange after having so much of his Marvel stuff out, you know, and we were getting like almost four issues of his Avengers stuff a month and then the events and all that kind of stuff and Secret Wars being so great where, you know, for this to be pretty much the only Hickman book that I'm reading at the moment because Dying in the Dead is very, very sporadic when it comes mm. out and his new one for Image doesn't come out for a while yet. So it, it is, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit sad that this is the only Hickman book I'm reading at the moment, but it's a, it's a good one. Um, uh, highly recommend picking up the trades of, the, of this book if you want to get into a really, really huge, epic, spanning story. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, are we ready to talk Marvel? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, should we start with? Because I'm I'm talking. We both have a stack of like twelve ish Marvel <laughs> books that we read this week. It's too many, and I want to uh, 
talk, give a shout out to everyone at Marvel, especially Lynn. Um, sorry, no, not Marvel. <laughs> everyone at King's Comics, especially Lynn, uh, for just constantly adding more books to my pile. Uh, Lynn was Lynn very- reads the most comics of like any human ever. Every time I'm like, oh, have you read this? She's like, oh my god, yes, it's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> so she uh, she made me uh, catch up on Uncanny Avengers. Uh, Sorry, not Uncanny Avengers, Uncanny Inhumans. Mm. Um, everyone's fucking uncanny now. Yeah, uh, everyone's either all new or uncanny, and it's very confusing. All for me. new, all uncanny <laughs> um, Inhumans. And uh, I could not believe how much I loved that, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. Um, let's talk about uh, Standoff, which is the uh, kind of mini event taking place across the Avengers and Captain America books at the moment. Uh, two weeks ago, we had Captain America issue seven, in which um, Steve Rogers got his super serum powers back. Um, Finally. Thanks to the Cosmic Cube. And uh, this book is not much happens beyond that. It's just kind of, you know, I don't know. Do you want to describe this? How I you think, I this? think, um, sorry, we're talking about Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. <laughs> I feel like the main thing that came out of this was the scene where Steve says, no, I still want you to be Captain America to um, Sam Wilson's Falcon Cap. Yep. Which is nice because I think that's probably something <laughs> that people were concerned about. Um, with New Cap coming back, because I really like Falcon, Captain America. Yeah, but I, I also the... like Falcon. Yeah, I also like him as Falcon. But now he's got a new sidekick, a new Falcon sidekick. That's true. So, um... I love that at one point he says, like, oh, God damn it, I just appointed someone Falcon. Yeah, yeah. What am I going to do? But... <laughs> so we're going get... to have two Captain Americas now. Um, and of course... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So you've got the third Captain America, Bucky Barnes. Um, just as Nick Spencer writes a sassy Bucky. Yeah. The sassy Bucky, he, he should be sassy. He should, he should yeah. be attitude and, and, you know. He should either be like a crushed shell of a man or a sassy sidekick like Nightwing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I mean, obviously, this is just kind of all all, all lending leading up to uh, the the final standoff uh, issue, the the what a, a Omega issue of it, Assault on Pleasant Hill, um, which has been pretty fun event so far. But yeah, I mean, not much happens in this issue. Probably, actually, I've changed my mind because the best bit for me was um, so the bad guys are trying to track down Kobik, the little girl, Cosmic mm-hmm. Cube shard, um, and so 
they enlist the greatest hunter of them all, Craven. That's right, that was Who cool. has the best outfits of all time. And he goes, ah, you know how we catch a little girl? With bait. And so he sets up a birthday party and puts on a little hat and says, now we wait. And that was pretty funny. That was a funny moment. Craven had uh, a few funny moments this week, actually. He was featured heavily in the um, <coughs> Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl crossover uh, as well. Well, he's just endlessly hilarious. I mean, Kate Beaton's... Um, Craven story from Strange Adventures is one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man stories. Amazing. Um, another tie-in to Standoff, which is almost the complete opposite of Captain America, is the New Avengers. has very, very vague tie-ins to, uh, to, to the Standoff event. These guys don't actually go to Pleasant Hill at any point. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, I guess it's, that's what a good comic should do when it's mm. tying in. It should further the, the overall arch of, of, the, of the run. While tying into it into the event, if it can, yeah, we don't want another issue where they just retell the yeah, same issue shocking. from a Agents different of Shield dropped that's forever. Massively annoying. Um, I really like this new Avengers team, and I really like Al Ewing. I didn't realize how much I like him as a writer. Yeah, he's really funny. I think he can do some. I mean, he's one of those sort of stable Marvel writers who just seems to get called in to fill in. Mm. But I think he's consistently really fun, and I really liked the idea of American Kaiju, this sort of um, character or guy. Um, what gamma radiated by the American army into a huge sort of Godzilla type creature, but with a big American flag on his chest who can only say USA, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny. And then so Sunspot and his team create like a Voltron robot to fight the, the Godzilla monster. Yeah, I mean, this is like a Marvel superhero comic in a very loose kind of way. Like Hawkeye's in it, but also it's just a big like mecha fight, which was really good fun. Yeah, super fun. Um yeah, really, really. Uh, it's also drawn by Marcus Two, who who drew Joyride that we talked about earlier. Oh. So if you uh, wanted to see his art and read a better story, this is the issue to get. Yeah, and his his art is really nice in this, and I really enjoy it. Definitely, um, Songbird would have to be one of those Marvel characters that I, I every time she shows up, I'm like, what, what do you do again? What? Yeah, who is she? She's like I remember she was in Thunderbolts. That was, but was she? Maybe I'm thinking. Oh, of I have else. no idea. Maybe that was Moon something. I'm like <laughs> she like she's like Flamebird. She's like the Marvel version of Flamebird, right? If, uh, All these obscure characters yeah. that no one cares about. Uh, if you have some uh, incredible uh, insight on Songbird for us, l- let us know. King's There's Com- got to be someone out there who's like, Songbird's my favorite character yeah. of all time. If, if this person is you, hit us up. <laughs> Serious issues at kingscomics.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, let's talk about The Mighty Thor, issue six, by um, Jason Aaron with uh, regular artist Russell Dolderman uh, taking a back seat, doing a little bit of uh, the intro to this comic, but the most of it being done... Um, as like a, a Viking epic mm. illustrated uh, uh, by Rafa Gares. <clears throat> um, so this one's called The Strongest Viking There Is. It's a new, a new arc. And um, if you have been crying yourself to sleep every night because the Thor is female now, just craving for the Odinson to come back, um, you get a whole bunch of young male Thor, pre-worthy. Uh, so he's got the uh, yarn-born axe, uh, going battle, battling through Viking after Viking after Viking. And if there is like Jason Aaron is doing such incredible work on Thor, like I really need to sit down and reread his entire Thor run from the beginning. I can't wait to do that because yeah. that like it's been so much fun. And if there is one thing that he draw uh, writes really, really, um, really well, it's like young arrogant Thor. Definitely, and I love getting a chance to read that. So it's always really good fun when you get a bit of a flashback issue. Yeah, he writes great drunk characters. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like no one else. Yep, yeah, absolutely. It makes you suggest that he's probably a great drunk character himself. <laughs> but I actually I recently read everything Jason Aaron's ever written 
in general mm. and uh, and for Marvel in particular. Um, so, and the beginnings of the stuff, like a lot of people don't like his Wolverine stuff. I really loved where it ended up, but it is like the Weapon X stuff that he did originally oh, yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't amazing. And then he did like a pretty weird run on the Hulk. I really like his Ghost Rider stuff, but... And obviously Wolverine the X-Men. Wolverine the X-Men. It's just a excellent. classic run. Mm. Um, but this in particular, um, The Mighty Thor, it's the best the best superhero stuff he's ever done. I would agree with that. And will be hopefully go down as one of the great, best Thor runs, if not the best Thor run of all time. Ooh, big call. Yeah. <laughs> Should have about Ant-Man? Yeah, why not? Um, so the Astonishing Ant-Man, um, Scott Lang's comic written by Nick Spencer. Another comic by Nick Spencer. How many comics monthly... Superhero comics is Nick Spencer writing at the moment because he's, he's on that that the, so the double shipping of two comics is mm-hmm. it? So yeah, he's writing Captain America, he's writing Ant Man, the sure standoff event, else. yeah, and then he's got the fix coming out too on Image. Mm. Um, listen to last week's episode if you want to hear us gush about that because it's a damn good comic. Um, really Ant Man, uh, I haven't read um, any of the run that Nick Spencer's done on Ant-Man. This is the first one. Like, I read the number one when it came out before Secret Wars. Mm. So, I, but you know, this is a, another re- well-written comic where they explain everything really well. I mean, Marvel generally do a really good job of telling you everything that's happened so far without, you know, holding yeah. your hand the entire way. This but. isn't a comic that's impossible to jump in at issue seven and have no idea what's going on. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, this is just notable in that, yeah, like Nick Spencer, obviously, with his Captain America stuff, is very anti-corporation, and he seems to be pushing that agenda yep. uh, in this book too, which I'm fine with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's very interesting. And um, I will say, Nick Spencer, I mean, we talked about teen language in books being, sometimes being, you know, we were at a terrible one earlier. Mm. Um, but Nick Spencer does very good young people dialogue yeah he does sometimes i feel like his work might date a little bit because he does like all the sort of anti big business anti-corporation stuff comes out in a very like mm, look at this app for henchmen and that kind of stuff i think apps will be around forever though i think, I think it's, a, well, it's, it's a clever yeah, it's a clever bit but um so the, and- the basic story in ant-man at the moment is that ant-man has moved to miami miami and is um or does he just visit Miami in this issue? Anyway, um, but he's got—he's a small business owner now, and he's trying to just make make ends meet and look after his daughter. But he's had to um, keep away from his daughter Cassie for a while because um, he didn't want to get her hurt by a supervillain that he was going up against. And now Cassie's decided to take it into her own hands and has become a henchman. For this aforementioned evil person app called Hench. So I haven't seen Cassie's not really in this issue. No. <clears throat> um, but has she featured prominently in the uh, in the previous issues of Ant Man? I'm going to be honest. I've picked up fairly um, intermittent issues of this, so I'm not 100 percent sure. But um, it's been pretty good fun. Yeah, because Cassie Lang is a, is a great Marvel character. Yeah, yeah, I do love Cassie Lang. I was glad when they brought her back under mysterious circumstances. Definitely, but also though, her death. In uh, mm. the Young Avengers Children's Crusade was one of those like totally tragic moments, but like it felt like it it, it felt like a, a you know a good beat. Mm. wasn't It wasn't like super just tacked on. Yeah, and I think maybe that's one of the problems I have with this Ant Man run is, and this is like a thing in superhero comics that you just kind of deal with, is that this is such a different characterization of Scott Lang to what we saw in the Fantastic uh, the FF arc. Right. Drawn by Mike Allred, who written by... Uh, Matt, Matt Fraction. And then, but it ended up being drawn by uh, uh, Mike Allred and his brother anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and that was a much more sort of somber oh my daughter's just died version of the character and i guess now that his daughter's back alive but it's just it it is a slightly sort of yeah um, i guess he was trying to fill reed you could you could argue that he was trying to fill reed richard's shoes in that book yeah so maybe that's why he was you know different personality wise but yeah this is like i think this is definitely in reaction to the ant-man movie and it's a it's a comedy book yeah and i think because it's a comedy book that's why a lot of um nick spence like the app stuff it's so mired in in comedy like Mm. that i think it works it isn't it doesn't like you know it if 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 it if this thing doesn't work for you, you can just play it off as a joke. Yeah, um, and I think that's why a lot of Nick Spencer's ideas work because he's just a he's a genuinely funny writer. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to catching up on the LD Ant Man stuff though. This this comic was was enough for to to for me to realize that I should be reading this month to month. Yeah, it's definitely worth picking up. Or Fortnite to Fortnite as uh as Marvel comics yeah, come it's out. Too now. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, just quickly, Captain Marvel. Um, this is uh, the fourth issue of the new run written by. Michelle Fazikas and Tara Butters, who uh, wrote on the um, uh, Agent Carter TV show, um, and uh, drawn by Chris Anker and Philippe Smith. Um, this book should be really good. The writers are clearly talented. The art's fantastic. I like Captain Marvel, mm. and it's pretty much her leading an Alpha Flight team, and any comic with Puck in it is, is great. should be really good fun. The th- thing with this is... It's four issues in and heaps of shit's happened, but I don't feel like the story is moved in any way mm. at all. Um, so this is a pretty disappointing run. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this first arc being over for me to actually judge it properly. I think, you know, you're, it's okay to kind of, you can forgive a kind of boring first arc if they do something exciting immediately after it. Uh, so hopefully we're only an issue or two away from that. Yeah. Captain Marvel's one of those characters that I really, I really want to care about and I really want like, you know, I'm, I'm all behind them making a Captain Marvel movie and all that jazz. But I just don't, I just don't care. I almost kind of hope that the movie, when it eventually does come out, if it does come out, gives her a stronger sort of characterization because I feel like that's something that's missing. Like, I just don't, like, she's a soldier and she has a cat and, like, that's, yeah, you're that's right. fine there isn't and everything. But there's not, it. yeah, you're right. I, I feel like she's not distinct enough. She's used to great effect. In, in Spider-Woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in uh, the Spider-Woman book that we've been raving about in the past. I think she's, she's, she's a great character in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she's a good addition to team books. But I'm just yet to I'm yet to read a Captain Marvel standalone story that I was like, ah, oh, sick. That's, that was amazing. I think this could potentially get there, but at the moment it's lacking. Yeah. Um, you forgot to read Silk this week. I did forget to read Silk, which I'm really thing. upset about. It was really um, good. So I, w- I won't spoil it for you. So, so th- at the moment they're doing Spider-Woman, um, which is a team-up book between Spider-Woman... Um, Silk and Gwen, Spider Gwen, uh, but uh, they're all stuck in Spider Gwen's dimension. Um, so there's lots of funny alter alternate versions. <clears throat> um, last week I didn't really like that issue of Spider Gwen so much, mm. but um, I really like Silk. This comic book's really great. Silk is such a good character, like Cindy, whatever her name is. Um, I really love her as an addition to the Spider Man universe and the Marvel universe. She's really funny. Like, I think that's a better example of like a really distinct well-characterized female superhero you know yeah um so she uh finds out that her counterpart on this universe is evil awesome <clears throat> and breaks into that lair and uh it's very fun it's That's really awesome it's fun. just really really fun and um this is actually this is a really fun little event normally these kind of normally the events that kind of force you to read other books can be a bit tiresome but this mm. is this has got good energy about it i like it hmm I agree. One that I read that I know you didn't was um, I picked up the final issue in um, Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez's all-new Hawkeye 
series, um, which is sort of telling a story about both Hawkeyes. So Clint, Barton, and also Kate Bishop. And they just both go by Hawkeye. And this is kind of just tying up their run. So in this um, story, it's been really cool. There have been like really nice flashbacks telling the history of both, both Hawkeyes and also then flashing forward to the future um, when, you know, there's an ongoing story about them helping some um, mutant children, which is very nice and sweet. And I think this is another one of those comics that does sort of, it's hard to write a Hawkeye comic, especially when you have a version of the character that's so similar to the brilliant Matt Fraction and David Ayer run. Um, so I think it's it suffers a little bit from that comparison. Yeah, it's strange that they like, I don't know, I feel like you either continue that run with a different writer doing the same thing or you just yeah. kind of leave Hawkeye alone for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's <coughs> probably what they should have done or just focused on Kate. Yes, I think that we can see a, a really Bishop awesome Kate sure. Bishop Hawkeye comic and I kind of hope that that's where this goes from here. Um, and they just leave Clint alone for a little while. Yeah. So it was a, it was a decent story but just not as good as the Matt Fraction stuff. If you want a really good Hawkeye story, that's what I would recommend picking up. Yeah, I mean, like, Matt Fraction decided to depict Hawkeye as a bit of a fuck-up. Yeah, it was a very, like, different version of the character, I suppose. But you can only read so many issues of that without him (laughs) redeeming himself in some way. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I read uh, Spider-Man Deadpool, and I am very confident in saying that you didn't. Boo, no way. <laughs> uh, this is, but you know why you should read it, though, is because you love Ed McGuinness. Oh, I do Ed love Ed McGuinness. Drawing chunky, shirtless Spider-Man Hell and yeah. Deadpool. Um, <laughs> it's a very blokey comic. It's written by Joe Kelly, who uh, you know is fa- famous for writing a lot of the Deadpool and Cable stuff in the 90s. Um, I bought the first issue of this when it came out and um, was actually quite surprised at how much I liked it, especially how much, how because, mu- you know, there's a Joker panel in this, yeah. which can get tiresome, but a lot of them land. Joe Kelly is a funny writer. Mm. Um, it's getting tiring now, but they've started to bring in other characters. So, like, Thor is in this one and um, they Deadpool arranges a double date because he... Had like oh, a- that's what someone was referring to. Someone, apologies for not understanding your comment better, person who commented on the King's Instagram account. That went over my head. <laughs> right. Someone referenced Thor going on a date, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm not responding to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, now, now you can, and there'll be none the wiser. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, um, De- uh, Deadpool and his wife have got like a, you know, an arrangement. So, you know, obviously there are, you know, five girls that that Deadpool can can sleep with. Oh, is Deadpool like as in Deadpool's wife from the movie? Is that like No, she's a she's like a um like a mystical kind of she, Okay, but Deadpool yeah. has a wife. Yeah, Deadpool got married in the, in the um in the, the oh, I'm very out last of the loop. year <laughs> the the main Deadpool uh, comic. Oh. But uh yeah, so he he like un- reveals that he has a list of uh you know people that he's allowed to date or sleep with that that you know on, on as a one-off for his nice. uh his wife's allowed it like that like a, like a, yeah like a free pass list and uh one of them is said like it said like number one hillary clinton if president <laughs> won't happen number two thor if he ever becomes a girl so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's some goofy setups like that and obviously like thor it does not want to date or sleep with mm. deadpool um and th- finds the whole thing quite sexist so she makes uh, um Spider and 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 then it was revealed that Deadpool set the whole thing up so that uh, um, Thor and another like a another kind of elf character would mud wrestle. 
Um, and so th- when they revealed a, a, that very sexist plan, they then decided the, 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 to redeem themselves. Spider-Man and um, Deadpool have to like do a dance for the girls in their under- underwear. Well, that does sound like the kind of comic I do want to read. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, if you want a really, really... But the overarching plot of this is that um, Deadpool loves Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> like, just thinks he's the greatest person in the universe, wants to be his best friend. Spider-Man doesn't trust Deadpool because Deadpool kills people. But even though Captain America is vouched for him to be in the Avengers, he still doesn't trust him. Um, so, Deadpool's constantly annoying Spider-Man, trying to be his best mate and prove himself to him as a good person. But also... Um, Deadpool is taking a, a contract out to kill Peter Parker. Hilarious. Yep. Antics. Um, and uh, at the end of this issue, he seemingly does. Ooh. So, RIP Pete Parker, everyone. Spider-Man's yeah. dead. Once more, Peter Parker's dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bring if back you, Doc Ock. If you, if you really liked the Deadpool movie, this is definitely the closest. Uh, actually, no, uh, Jerry Duggan's Deadpool run is apparently fantastic, too. I've, I, should, I should read more of it because I read the first arc. I didn't love it too much, but apparently it got much better. And it was co-written by Brian Posehn, who showed up in King's Comics the other day. Tell yeah. us about that, Siobhan. That was very nice. He um, came into the store just visiting because he is doing a stand-up tour at the moment. He seemed busy, so I just said, excuse me, Brian, I'm a big fan. Could I please have a photo? And he said yes very kindly. And then that was it. But, and I felt, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I just didn't want to bother him. And then um, Matt from King's went actually went to his show and went and spoke to him afterwards. And he was like, ah, oh, I really wanted to sign some comics, but I didn't want to, like, presume. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so that was a lesson, important life lesson for me to be pushier. So thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the truly tragic thing is that he, he arrived about an hour after I left, after we recorded last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. So we, we could have got been... him on, 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 on well, in the Next future. time. I'll just never leave King's Comics from this point forward in case stand-up <laughs> yeah, comedians show up. That's the lesson that we've learned here. Definitely. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, another funny Marvel comic. Yeah, I enjoyed this actually more than I enjoyed issue two. I'm back on board. David Walker and Sanford Green on writing and art. Um, again, another uh, goofy bro comic. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we do sing the praises of, of a lot of Marvel's uh, female comics, but there are a lot of dude comics as well. Yeah. This is definitely a dude team-up. Um, and... Uh, you know, Jessica Jones is obviously in it too and other, other characters. Um, I, I'm very surprised they haven't done a Jessica Jones yeah, I know. comic. I don't know what they would do with her because obviously the Jessica Jones in the Marvel Universe now is completely different to yeah. Jessica Jones in uh, on the Netflix series. Um, mainly because she has a kid. series. That's true. That'd be cool. Um, but, but then what, what, what ground would you cover that wasn't already covered in the, ali- in the oh, Alias run? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, in any case, um, uh, it, it's just a very, very fun, silly comic. Mm. Um, I like the, also the, <laughs> the implication that there's, there's all these other kinds of magic that, you know, mainstream Marvel magic heroes like Doctor Strange don't know about because they're white. Yeah. And there's all these like... Street magic. Street magic and all that kind of stuff that they don't know about. It was really good fun. And art on the Sanford Green is so good. Yeah. Yep. He Absolutely. has his own thing going on. You've never seen the characters drawn like this. And, you know, when when he gets weird and he has he's held back for the most part mm. now, but occasionally you see him getting weird. And I really hope this goes in a very crazy, mystical uh, It definitely seems soon. like that. Like, as the bad guys, um, so there's two, two female bad guys here, um, and one of them's been sort of, you know, is Lizzie. abusing some magic power and so is now losing her form and... It, it's getting wackier and wackier and she's turning into a crazy dinosaur lady, which is cool. I think one of my favorite ongoing visual gags in this is the fact that um, Iron Fist is constantly in full costume. Yep. And Luke Cage is like, I am wearing a V-neck t-shirt <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> 
yeah, it's a it's a fu- it's a fun book. Um, I I hope it just kind of continues. I, I I don't I don't think the you know Luke Cage being reluctant to 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 be a superhero thing would get old. I kind of I think yeah, it's really funny. It's funny that he just keeps being accidentally forced into these sort of superhero superhero capers. But I love their family dynamic. Like I, I would watch, I would read a comic where they just had dinner and had a discussion over a dinner table. Yeah, absolutely. And like reminisced about stuff. Like that's that's an entertaining comic to me. Uh, you know what else was an entertaining comic this week, Siobhan? What was it? Another Warren Ellis book, uh, Karnak, the third issue of. Uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a troubled run. I think they had that. Yeah, lot, it's the, been what like six months since the last and, issue uh, came And out? it's revealed that it's uh, it was the artists. Well, they don't outright say that, but um, so Gerardo Zafino did um, the art on one and one and most of two. <clears throat> but uh, he was so amazing on our first two issues, but unfortunately had to step away due to, due to personal reasons. So that's oh. why this book has been so sporadic. Um, we've now got. Uh, Roland Boshi, who uh, did some New Avengers stuff last year, I think. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with him, but he's perfect fit for for this book. Absolutely, like it's it's definitely different, but it fits in really nicely, I think, with yeah. the tone of the book. So Uncanny, sorry, uh, uh, Karnak is is an Inhuman who never was exposed to Terrigen mists, mm. um, but he has the power to see the flaw in all things. The yep. flaw, F A. A W, not like the floor F L O O R. Because everyone can see the floor. Yeah. It's not a very good superpower. Uh, and this is a very like dark, gritty, but still quite funny comic. Mm. Um, Phil Colson is kind of uh, taking Karnak on a like a around the world to kind of track down and uh, try and find this kidnapped inhuman. And, and Karnak uh, um Karnak has left the sort of inhuman um Inhuman group. He's no longer associated with the Inhumans for some reason. He's yeah. some kind of mystical monk of the dead. Yeah, and he not, just spouts philosophy the whole way through. Exactly, and he's not—he's not like a merc or anything like that. He's just—he yeah, just is Karnak. And, yeah, um, and it's he, so he's doing good. this job because they are paying him heaps. Yeah, but he's really, really rude to Coulson, um, which is great because Coulson is the worst character in Agents of Shield now. Um, just, I was so glad when he died in Avengers. Oh, he was so good in Avengers, but yeah. And he, he he has moments of greatness in the TV show, but blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's good to see him, someone being horrible to him. <laughs> uh, this is just like, you know, they're, they're not afraid to kill heaps of people in this book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that works for the for the story. Obviously, Warren Ellis is having a lot of fun with it. Uh, this will definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this only has another three issues or something left yeah, of I'm it. Yeah, sure. Um, it definitely feels like a good little self-contained story. It's like... I love it when there's a bit of a kind of cross genre thing. Like you can, like this is almost like a horror comic, you definitely. Know? And it definitely has sort of Twilight Zone kind of vibes. I think. Yeah, um, if you really enjoyed Warren Ellis's Moon Knight run last mm-hmm. year or his uh, Secret Avengers run a couple of years ago, both uh, you know six issues and done um, stuff that he did among some of the best superhero comics, best Marvel comics of the last decade, uh, you should definitely pick up Karnak. Uh, even 100%. if you're not familiar with the character or in humans at all, it's a really fun and easy to get into book. Yeah, and it, like, it really doesn't matter if you have never heard of him before because this is a really weird version of the character. Um, Uncanny in Humans number seven. Uh, I, I was not reading this at all, and then in the last week, I'm, I read a lot of comics in the last week. I might go goes without saying, but uh, we are professional comic book readers we are after all. Uh, Uncanny and Humans. Uh, the first run started, obviously, written by Charles Sewell. In the past, I have said I have not enjoyed his Marvel stuff beyond She-Hulk and uh, the Lando comic. I love Uncanny and Humans. I think he's consistent, like really surprisingly so, considering how many books he's usually writing. Um, 
I, uh, I just can't get over how epic and fun this is. So there are a couple of Inhumans books out at the moment, and I, I am confused as to which this one is. I'm reading all new Inhumans, yep. which is the one with Crystal being a sort of ambassador for the Inhumans and flying around the globe. But with, So what's going on in Uncanny Inhumans? Well, so this is about like the main, the main Inhumans family, I guess. So it's Black Bolt and um, Ahura, his son. With uh, and you, you, um, you also uh, you have uh, little glimpses to uh, the relationship between uh, the Human Torch Johnny and um, and uh, Medusa, Black Bolt's now ex-wife. Because he used to be married to Crystal. Yes, which is fucked so up in that's its own way. Awkward. Um, but uh, I guess a lot of these Inhumans were introduced in uh, the story, the Inhuman stories that uh, Charles Sewell wrote last year. There's a guy Reader who's blind but has a dog that he can. Get the you can he can use his eyes sometimes he gets like three reads. Mm. It's he's a very hard superhero to explain, but he's yeah. very cool. Some of the new Inhumans are weird, which I think is great. I, think, mm. I, I love that Inhumans are just weird. Like whereas mm. you know mutants are quite easy to explain for the most part, yeah. but Inhumans all have bizarre powers. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, like it's a, it's a Black Bolt comic basically. I love Black Bolt. I think he's one of yeah. Marvel's coolest creations and and just so so strange. You know. I mean, how do you write a, a, a comic featuring a character that can't talk. Yeah. Uh, also, because like, if he does, he, he'll blow everything up. But Just, I think the Inhumans have some of the <gasps> best costumes in yeah, all of incredible. Superhero they're, comics. They're so Just flamboyant. the classic Jack Kirby designs, like Black Bolt's weird little tuning fork thing on his head. Just so good. Yeah. So, the first few um, issues of this uh, of this run, was it's a big uh, time-spanning epic um, involving Kang, one of the greatest Marvel villains of all time. Is uh, this the one where Kang has stolen Ahura? Ahura. Um, yep. I have read some of this. Uh, so once that's been wrapped up, we now uh, are in the Quiet Room, which is a nightclub in New York that Black Bolt owns. Obviously, Black Bolt has time to run a and nightclub. It's it, but it's a really, really it's a very different like in it's, it's, the theme is just completely different now. So it was like you know a desperate epic in mm. uh, to get the sun back in the first few issues, and now it's like a, again a, quite a humorous. Uh, look yeah. at superheroes and 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 villains in the same you know, like the quiet the quiet room is like a safe space where you know people can come together. So like you have like the thinker and the leader um, awesome. gambling together um, over who's who's the smartest. And like you know, obviously shit hits the fan with, with a lot of different things. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a mystery um, and it's 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 yeah, it's, it's a it's a mystery comic in a nightclub owned by a superhero who can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds if that doesn't tell you I don't know what will. Uh yeah, and um it also uh has a lot of uh again there's a there's a tech subplot as well. Um Excellent. Black Bolt has uh invited the minions of one of his old enemies to start doing business with him in the quiet room and um Ahura uh puts a proposal uh, to to be their leader. Oh okay. yeah, and it's really and it has it's all about business and like yeah, it's just great and and like you know Black Bolt doesn't say one word in this entire comic, but um, who's on art on this one? Uh, Peterson, uh, Brandon Peterson does just incredible facial work, so you awesome. obviously can face a lot of emotion. emotion and is Medusa is Medusa in this because they um, are now separated? I they believe. are separated. So we we catch up on a Medusa and Johnny next next issue. Want to know oh, yeah, what happens next? Is she next? dating Johnny now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. God, comic books are so weird. 
Yeah, they are. That's why I read them all, because they're Yay. the best. <laughs> um, final Marvel book I read this week was uh, Howard the Duck number six, which is the uh, crossover, second crossover issue between with um, uh, Squirrel Girl, Unbeatable Squ- Squirrel Girl, um, written by Chip Zdarsky, Ryan North, with art by Joe Quinones. Uh, just a really fun, goofy, uh, fun romp with Craven the Hunter and... Um, awesome. Rocket Raccoon is some for some reason in like almost every issue of this comic, um, which is fine. They have a good dynamic together, but like also every single week, so I caught up on all this in the last actually all today um, on on a flight from Adelaide, uh, and uh, every single issue of Howard the Duck, Howard gets kidnapped. Hilarious, kind of. I kind of, I kind of hope now Zadarsky does something different with um with with the, with the story, um, but it's a great universe. He has great great relationships with different characters and um. I think uh, I think a lot of old fans of Howard the Duck don't like the portrayal that he gets now. He's not like you know a womanizing smartass. He's just oh, kind of right. like a down on his luck detective. But I think it really works. And uh, what's great about this crossover is that at the uh, in the bottom of each page in um, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Ryan North has little like subtext. Just like funny little jokes that he writes beneath all the panels. Yeah, Ryan North is one of those people that you feel like you could read his comics a thousand times and find new jokes because they're hidden everywhere. Definitely. So in this one, you have instead of just one of them making a joke down the bottom, they have a little conversation. Oh, awesome! So you have like a line from Chip and then a line from Ryan. It's just you know <laughs> a, really a, another level, another reason. If if you like humor comics and and it's got to uh, be said that Joe Quinones is like one of the best at like funny but, comics but, ever. But he's also like he would do he would be great on any book. He's he such so an amazing brilliant. artist. Facial expressions are like like he does some of the funniest like reaction shots and things like that. I think. Yeah, but I think you know he uh, he'd be great on an Avengers book as well. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I, I hope it doesn't lose that doesn't lo- it doesn't lose him to this. Um, there's a really great moment in this where uh, um, Howard the Duck um, steals a costume from a uh, like a a cosplayer who's taken things as far as she can to the point where she wants to hunt Howard the Duck with superhero uh, modified toys that she's got. Awesome. Um, but he uh, thwarts her by dressing in another costume that she has. So she has like a costume that's like you know Captain America's shield with Iron Man's hand and. Scarlet Witch's boots and a Hulk fist and um, Cyclops' visor. Awesome. But then Howard the Duck finds another another um, outfit, which is Batman's helmet, <laughs> um, Birdman's mace, uh, Wonder Woman's lasso, Superman. Birdman, Hawkman. Hawkman, sorry. sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> sorry. I've, I've been uh, watching Harvey Birdman. Right, okay. um, a Green Lantern ring. So, it's very funny. Oh, that's and, really and, funny. Yeah. Um, and at the at the bottom, the subtext on that is Chip saying, "Very cool outfit that is in no way legally an issue." It's <laughs> great. Nice. Um, you know what we forgot to talk about? What did we forget to talk about? Uh, image. Well, actually, it wasn't actually image. It was through uh, Brian K. Vaughan and Marcus Martin. All right. Wrote the first ever Walking Dead story that wasn't written by um, Robert Kirkman, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, Walking Dead's been written. For over ten years now, yeah. consistently, which is pretty nuts. So it's called Walking Dead: The Alien, um, and it's available through Brian K. Vaughan's. Uh, what's it called again? It's um, called Panel Syndicate. Panel Syndicate, yeah. So that's um, where he's been publishing um, some of his creator-owned works, like Private Eye. That's right. And, and this came about now. through a deal he did with the Image, where you know Image agreed to print Private Eye um, in a physical book if Brian K. Vaughan would come over and write the write the walking dead issue 
But this is only available through Brian K. Vaughan's uh, digital site, the digital-only comic. It probably will get a, a physical release at some point. You have to assume so. What's crazy is uh, you, you see Marcus Martin, who we're very used to seeing in, like, you know, very colourful Marvel. Mm. He did the um, he did the She-Hulk run. Is that Marcus Martin? No, that was uh, heavier. Pulido. Oh, you're right. Well, yeah, he's done, he's done very colourful. But col- similar, similar style. But because this is a Walking Dead um, issue, um, it's black and white. Um, if you're a Walking Dead fan... And you should be a fan of the comic. I don't think you should be a fan of the TV show, but that's just me. In fact, the uh, the TV show, I, the, the little I've seen of it, makes you forget how good of a comic The Walking Dead still is. Yeah, I caught up with everything recently, and I'm like, I can't believe this is still such an incredible comic. It's, Robert Kirkman is one of those people who like just like low key will keep something going for so long. Like he is still writing Invincible, and I'm pretty sure he's the only person who's ever written Invincible. And people who still read Invincible say it's like the best it's ever the best. made. Yeah, yeah, I need to catch up. Um, so the Walking Dead, the alien, um, is uh, is set in Spain. Um, same the same thing, zombie outbreak. Only this time, uh, one of the characters wears like a suit of armor. That does um, sound because she works cool. in a museum. It's a really really great story, and uh, in the end, I won't spoil it, but it does tie into the uh, the regular series, and I think it's really successful. Um, it's actually, you know, for a one shot, it's one of the, it's very successful in that you wish it was a longer series, mm. but I also hope it never, I hope it just stays this way. <laughs> you never, yeah. If it's just done like this. I don't know. It's really, really great. If you're a fan of Walking Dead or just a fan of just a good comic, uh, go to, uh, the panel, panel syndicate. Yeah, I believe that's what's com And, uh, and pick this up, uh, for a price that you would like to pay for it. I yeah. Paid, that's the coolest thing. I paid two bucks. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. I feel like that's a reasonable amount to pay. For a digital comic. Yeah. Was I wrong? Let me know. Serious issues at kingsonhomics.com. Uh, that is all the issues that we uh, read this week. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, there's some uh, incredible comics coming out. We've got uh, the fourth chapter of uh, the latest Dark Knight 3 comic. Uh, Which by... I've been enjoying more than I would like to. Yeah, and to the point where I was like, I might go read Dark Knight Ret- Returns 2, which I have like on Comicsology. I've never yeah. actually read it. And everyone shits all over that book. It's actually not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I think that people shit all over it because Dark Knight Returns was so good. Yeah, And then totally. Dark Knight Strikes Again isn't it's crazy. It's not as good. It's, way, like, it's a very, very insane book. The, yeah. the art is pretty crap. Yes. But, uh, but I like the story behind it. Mm. I haven't um, read them in a long time. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, uh, we've got the final issue of uh, this installation of, uh, of Saga. But, nice. Uh, awesome. So, so uh, I hate it when they do the little hiatus, but they need to do it so yeah. uh, Fiona Staples can make that art as good as it is. Um, we got the return of sex criminals after a while. Oh, um, the finale of Standoff um, with the Avengers. Um, Doctor Strange's Last Days of Magic event uh, kicks off. Oh, yeah. We're tying into I think that ties us into like the Scarlet Witch books and yeah. something else, I'm sure. And uh, most excitingly, Strawberry Shortcake finally gets her own comic. Ah, what do you mean, finally? They brought out um, a Strawberry Shortcake series a couple of years ago, which was Scratch and Sniff. Oh, wow. So, I'm looking forward to smelling Maybe we'll do a, scra- a smelly podcast next week. <laughs> um, but before we go, um, tell me about Free Comic Book Day, Siobhan. So, Free Comic Book Day is coming up. Um, Free Comic Book Day, if you don't know, is an event that's held every single year where um, it's basically just a big celebration of comic books. All the major publishers send around free issues to your comic book to your local comic book store. So if you're not in Sydney, check out where around you is doing it. Um, at King's, it's very exciting because it's also our 30th anniversary this year. So we're um, having a really big event um, on the first Saturday in May. So May 7th, put it in your diaries. We will have um, a big cosplay competition. We're having um, 
prizes for both groups, individuals, and also kids. Um, there's going to be face painting, a coloring in table. We've got um, we've got Nicola Scott doing a signing. We've got Mark, huge. yeah, which is huge. God, I love Nicola. Um, she's not doing sketches, unfortunately, but she will be signing and selling prints. We've got Dean Rankin, who um, awesome. is a artist on The Simpsons. He's going to be doing um, Simpsonized version of you sketches for free, which is pretty huge. Um, keep um, up on the King's Comics Facebook page if you want to get a place for that because we're going to be posting more news about that soon. What's that link? Uh, King's Comics, well, the Facebook page is just King's Comics. Um, I don't <laughs> think we have like a proper good link for it. Um, or you can also check out kingscomics.com where we'll hopefully have some of the information up about that. Um, yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be huge this year. We've got a lot going on. Amazing. Um, and uh, more important, the most important thing is you get free comics. You get free comic books. You get free actual, no strings attached, free comic books. You will have to line up. There is no, yeah. unfortunately, the um, line there is... Are, in the past, I've done... Um, I, one year, I went to every single comic book st- sh- shop in Sydney wow. on free comic book day and um, managed to get my hands on every single free comic they were giving away that, 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 that year. This year is 50 free comics, which is the biggest it's ever been. That's pretty insane. huge. And, but King's Comics always has the most people. Yeah. And we're trying to make it so that the line is good fun this year. So we'll have some various entertainment and stuff going on down the line. Perfect. Um, we'll be doing a guide to uh, the, our, our picks for the best comics of Free Comic Book Day too. If you're curious of what you should be picking up, there's always some good stuff in there. Yeah. We're also having a sale. It's our, um, it's our semi-annual 20% off sale, 50% off back issues, which is really good. We are running a competition at the moment for the King's Golden Ticket. So if you upload a picture of yourself from a previous free comic book day King's line with the hashtag King's Golden Ticket, you could go in the running to win one of these tickets, which pushes you straight to the front of this year's line. And we give you a full set of all 50 free comic books. Well, that's way easier than going to every single yeah. comic book. <laughs> yeah, season. so just upload a picture, um, hashtag King's Golden Tickets on Instagram or <laughs> Facebook um, to go on the running. And that would be, that'd be a prize that I would want to win. Definitely. All right. Well, that's sick. Can't wait for May 7th, Free Comic Book Day. Of course, we'll be doing our guide episode and we'll go over that information again and give you the pics of what you should be looking out for. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, reviews of all the new comics. And uh, I'm going to uh, send Siobhan home with uh, Patience, a uh, fairly recent new book by Dan oh, Klaus. great. Um, on Fanagraphics, which is one of the best things I've read in a long while. We'll do a review of that next week too. Um, if you want to get in touch with us and ask us a question, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast, or you can send us an email to Serious Issues at kingscomics.com. Seriously, we would love to hear from you. Thanks to everybody that's gotten in touch with us so far. Um, it's always nice to kind of get recommendations or, um, you know, people have been asked. People, someone actually asked us this week to, uh, to review Superman American Alien. Yeah, that was uh, recommended by um, uh, Richard. So thanks so much to Richard for uh, recommending we check out American Alien. I'm very glad I did. Mm. Um, and uh, he, he said that he, he also read The Vision after our very, very positive review of it and is Good. loving it as much as we are. You so should all be reading pretty, it. Pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> if you like what you hear on the show, please leave us a nice review on the iTunes store so more people, more people can tune in each week. Um, Siobhan can be found on Instagram as SiobhanCBG and uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as LevDog. We'll be back next week with another episode of Serious Issues. Read heaps of comics. That is the only thing you need to do until then. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.